Welcome everyone. I'm live in the district here with John Lobb. We're, we're getting started with our with our rookie rookie ranking shows, and no better way to start it than with John. John, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. We're about what is it two weeks or three weeks away from the Senior Bowl now? Um, I've done all the Senior Bowl skilled players in detail, so I feel great about them. Um, I've done the big players, Bijan Robinson, C.J. Stroud, you know, Jordan Addison. They're the easier ones, Michael Meyer. Um, but I still got a lot of work. There's other players coming through. I've done my production model, so I know where the numbers are based on that. Now we have two more spots. I need my individual film study, and I give grades, and then the combine or pro day. But we're, we're almost there, my friend, but I feel pretty good about the class. Nothing better than talking rookies. Looking forward to tonight. Let's get going. Goat district, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing. On all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So... What you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now all of a sudden they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Fish. So, so back in the district tonight, last week we had some fantastic shows. Uh, we had Mike Shope on, we had Chris Vaccaro on, we had John Daigle on. We got everybody prepared for the playoffs. Hopefully you got to enjoy the playoff games this weekend. John, did you uh, ha have some time to kick back and watch some NFL playoffs this weekend? Oh, yeah. And this is my favorite time of the year because I don't play any fantasy in the postseason. I kind of, you know, I've done DFS for 18 weeks. Done my leagues. I'm I'm in the scouting mode for the next year because I want to be ready for you. So it's actually the most enjoyable thing to sit down and just watch football with nothing on the line. Back to like when I was 12 years old, just enjoying the game. So I really love this time of the year, my friend. No, absolutely. It's 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 very exciting. And I think this weekend we have some fantastic matchups. That's not what this show is all about, but yeah. who do you think is going to be meeting in the AFC Championship and NFC Championship, John? So I think it's going to be the 49ers at the Eagles. I like yeah. the 49ers defense. I think the Eagles offense is too much for the Giants. The Cinderella slip's going to fall off in Philadelphia. I think the Eagles defense can slow the Giants enough. I love the Eagles defense is underrated. The offense gets all the credit deservedly. It's explosive. It's, it's awesome to watch. But that defense, when they get rolling, they can hurt people. I like the Eagles' D. And I just think Dallas, they punched Tampa Bay in the nose, and Tampa Bay never punched back. San Fran is going to punch Dallas in the nose first, 
and I've got to see if Dallas can get up the carpet. Because I know those linebackers, I think San Fran has the best linebackers in the NFL, and then you got Boza coming off the edge. They're going to hurt Dallas. Can Dallas punch back? I'm not sure on the road here. How about on the other side in the AFC? So I definitely think it should be the Bills, but I would not be surprised if the Bengals, right? They're playing the Bengals, right? I, I just want to make it would not surprise me if the Bengals win. I think Burrow's got that magic, and I know it's not the best analyst, but 40 years of watching football, he's got the ineffable quality, dude. He's got that it. And I know, I know draft people. I love data too, but when you watch football, it's like a great pitcher. There's just something about, like, Pedro Martinez had it. Randy Johnson had it. I think Burroughs got it. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised. Bills at home, offensive line problems for Cincinnati. I got to give it to the Bills there. But I'd say they played 10 times. Buffalo wins six. And on the other side, um, Kansas City, I think they – look it. Great story by Trevor last week. Very proud of the young man to come back. Terrible first half is bad as you can play, but I think the magic runs out against Andy Reed and the Chiefs in Arrowhead. No, I'm with you. It's uh, it's very interesting. San Francisco looks like they're just on a mission. Uh, that team is loaded, and uh, you also have Dallas on the short week, which is kind right. of a tough draw because that game didn't end until after midnight on the East Coast. Now they've got to go on the road. That's tough. Um, that The Cincinnati-Buffalo game could just be an absolute classic. Oh, uh, yeah. That could really be the game of the weekend. So uh, that that one is uh, that's one I'm really excited to watch, but I'm I'm excited for all of them. But but tonight is not about that. Tonight is about the rookies. We're gonna have so many people on in the next few months heading into our rookie drafts, heading into the actual NFL draft. Uh, and I'll put John up against pretty much anybody out in the in the fantasy football spectrum in terms of really knowing these prospects and being able to project them and how they will do at the NFL level. I've had the privilege of going on with John now for a few years, and you've been I think very fourth. Oh yeah, big I think time. This yeah. Is our fourth year. Yeah, you've been a you've been a, a real help to the Goat District um, in terms of the quality you put on the show, and also how right you've been. Anybody who wants to know how how pure John runs, uh, he gave us a little little running back named Khalil Herbert as his sleeper <laughs> running back. I kept that in the back of my back pocket. And if you will recall, Khalil Herbert during his rookie year had, I believe, uh, two RB1 weeks and an RB2 week. So we got him for basically for free on our redraft teams and our, and our dynasty teams uh, because John spoke so highly of him. Uh, you know, that was, correct me if I'm wrong, that was the, that was a transfer running back. He talked about yes. his time from Kansas, Kansas and Virginia Tech, um, yeah. and it just kind of stuck with me. So you've been right on a number of the top-level guys, but I think – being able to show those receipts on and and with the the guys who are like maybe those you know the the day three guys being able to hit on those it's it's very difficult a lot of guys can get on here and, and tell you how good Bijan robinson is and he sure <laughs> is but we're, oh, yeah. we're looking for a little deeper than that tonight can i just tell you like a little i want to give a side note i've been watching b john for three years because he came out of high school as it right so i've been yep. watching him and i saw someone on the post they tweeted, I'm not going to say, it's not a big deal who it is. But he's like, I wanted to see if the Bijan hype was real. And he's like, it took me 15 seconds to realize he's the dude. I'm like, and welcome to the team. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's guys, guys like guys like that, you don't, you don't need to overthink anything. It's like you just yeah. watch them for a minute and you can see how good they are. It's like watching like 
a LeBron highlight from high school and being like, okay, that's going to be a okay in about five seconds. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's an exciting class. I know this has been a year where people have have eyeballed in terms of loading up on 2023 first, loading up on 2023 first. And we actually had, I think that last year the 2022 class was underrated and people were able to get some bargains based on how easy it was to kind of flip picks. And that last year's class actually, I would say, exceeded the expectations for a lot of people in Dynasty. Would you agree with that for this past year's class? Oh my God, dude. I cannot imagine how many people I heard, and I liked last year's class. I thought it was underrated. And I yeah. can't I can't even count on fingers and toes how many people told you to flip picks from 2022 to 2023. And I'm telling you right now, 2022 was better than most people thought. Look at Garrett Wilson. Look at if, if Brees Hall didn't get hurt, we would have had, um, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, Rashad White. We had um, Damian Harris or Damian Pierce. And I know Ken there's Walker. one other room. Yeah. Kenneth, yeah. right? Brilliant. You imagine if Paul stayed healthy, dude. It would have been an incredible running back class. And then Chris Olave. And we had other players. Now, the quarterback position was a disaster. So that's – we had one guy drafted. Kenny Pickett's the only guy who saw a significant time. They were right about the quarterbacks were not good. Tight ends, we don't know yet. Takes two or three years. McBride showed me things here and there. But a lot, but of, takes the a lot. Got on, a lot of tight ends just got on the field and contributed weeks. You know, you, you had like a, a Conquo, Jelani Woods – Yes, you're right. It was a better tight end. I, you're right. I, I just went blank, and then you had um, Ott, right? Caden Ott yeah. in Tampa Bay. I don't, you know, Bellinger, was, right. Bellinger got on the field. Yeah, he scored like four touchdowns with the Giants yeah. in DFS. I got him one week when he had me the right. He had the touchdown for like 30 yards. So you're right. So I think the narrative last year was incorrect. And you know what? This class isn't – I know people don't want to hear it because they've traded to get into this. This class isn't as great as people made it out to be. The quarterbacks, woo! I yeah. mean, we were going – in last summer, people are like five first-rounders. Incredible depth at the quarterback. I only have two first-round grades. And wow. I think anyone, who's tell, I, I, anyone who tells you otherwise, they're silly. You're taking on way too much risk at the quarterback position. Hey, I came on here last year, and I believe I warned you about Malik Willis. I said in my model, 100%. my model does not like Malik Willis. And, dude, he looked worse this year than my model could have ever predicted. Ever predicted. And the number one thing that was a problem, and I think we're seeing it with Trey Lance, he didn't have the games played. Neither did Malik Willis. Neither does Anthony Richardson. I'll give you a, a, a hint in the future. Why is Brock Purdy good? I went back to my model, my friend, because I said, what did I miss? And I had him at number 11. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I would never mislead anyone. I watched him a ton at Iowa State because I was studying Brees Hall um, and David Montgomery. So the guy played there a long time. In my model last year, he had four of six benchmarks, and he played 47 games at quarterback. And you know what? He was ready to step on an NFL field and embrace the complexity of the playbook. 
and he's mature enough to deal with all of the challenges of an NFL franchise. So many, I, I, I know I'm a broken record, games played matter. They matter. And we're going to talk about that in the future with some of these prospects. But I've seen it with too many of them now, my friends. Look at Malik Wills has the athletic ability. He started like 20 games and they were at Liberty. That's a, that's, and Trey Lance started what? 12 games yeah. in 2019. I mean, come on, man. Those are not tantalizing. So you would, you would say as an overall class, if you could take just from a macro level, if I tell you, you could take your, your top 10 from this class, put the quarterbacks aside. Oh, or you could put it, you could, you, however you want to look at it, John. Sure. But if you compare it to the last maybe two classes um, in terms of where are we standing in terms of the overall quality, you, you, were people, people maybe were a little too bullish is, is how I'm reading you on accumulating 2023 picks. But is it, is it at least a little better than last year's class overall or probably about even? So here's the thing. I have not figured out who I like better, Bijan or Brees Hall. Wow. So I'm still de- look at my in my 10 years, the four best running backs, Saquon, Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor, and Brees Hall. Not necessarily in that order. I have not decided where Bijan falls in that ranking. I remember I came on because last year we didn't have combine numbers of Brees Hall. Yep. I was a Brees Hall guy throughout the year. I loved the tape. I loved the career numbers. My model liked him. But we didn't have the athletic ability because the combine didn't happen. Once that combine happened, he was a top four prospect I've ever. I had, dude, I had him on three dynasty teams, six redraft teams. If he could have just stayed on the field, oh, my God, my teams are looking so good. So where is now? I expect Bijan to be an uber athlete. That's what I expect. But we I've been surprised before at the combine. But he has the film, he has the size, he has the production, everything you want. But just like Jonathan Taylor, when I got the he was like number two or three for me on film. And that Wisconsin system benefits the running backs, great offensive line. So I had some questions, right? Scheme, player. But once he had that combine, oh Jonathan Taylor was number one, no question in my mind. I didn't. I like Clyde. I have zero Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I have tons of Jonathan Taylor. So and if he hurt my team, geez, I won team with Brees Hall and Jonathan Taylor. There goes that team. It was so good for about a month. I had a team like that too. I felt invincible. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, so I don't know where Bijan's going to fall, but I'm going to tell you, he's going to be in the top five. I've got to see the or pro day, whichever one it is. But then I'll tell you because. His level of success will determine the strength that also challenges those two quarterbacks. Are C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young as good as the dynasty community wants them to be? I have my questions. I think they're very good. I don't know if they're better necessarily than Jalen Hurts has been. And you remember, I was a huge Jalen Hurts guy, and I was screaming in the woods, and I got tons of Jalen Hurts too. Because he flashed in my model, and I love the film on Jalen Hurts. Um, so I have some questions. So I would say this. It's on par with last year, but not necessarily better. And now that you talked about those tight ends, 
last year's tight ends class is strong. It's strong. So that that changes things. And I can't give up on Pickett yet. You know, we don't know. He's like I it's a neutral year. You know, yeah, let's think, see, let's see how he grows. Yeah, I think that it would be it would be the wrong move to to like, you know, pass judgment on Pickett until we see him next year. Cause I do think that there's a commitment to him in the organization. They've shown that. And I think that you'll see it with some of their offseason moves. Uh so your your general from a macro perspective. What are the if you had to rank like wide receiver, running back, tight end, and quarterback for this class? What would be the the strongest position down to the weakest? Running back is by far the strongest. Wide receiver second. Quarterback is third because you have two at the top, and we can debate the others. And then the tight end. Okay. Well, I think that just from a general perspective, the, that's what I think is so appealing to this class you know, for dynasty managers is the fact that you have such a running back class where you can kind of squint and see like a number of pro bowlers type guys oh. in the class. So I think like, you know, especially because you look at the landscape, we've talked about in the GOAT district about how we saw a number of these running backs from like the 2017 class, the 2018 class, like these guys that are getting a little bit older, they're already kind of past that AJ Pex or at the AJ Pex for dynasty running backs. Um, where, you know, you go down the list, the Derrick Henry's, the Christian McCaffrey's, uh, you know, Saquon's a slightly younger, but the the Nick Chubbs, the Aaron Joneses, all these guys falling in as RB1s this year, where it seems like there could be a, like a, a changing of the guard and it possibly could be this class. So I think that if you're holding on those 2023 firsts, we all see how valuable the running back position can be in terms of, you know, trades and also in terms of just, overall success for your for your football team uh it's kind of easy to trade for a wide receiver too but it's not easy to trade for an rb1 in dynasty so i think that that's exciting and and yeah i'm, I'm excited to dive into your into your wide receiver class but one thing that's very clear to me about this class is Bijan robinson's the 101 oh. without getting too deep into it is he the 101 for you also in superflex he is i would take him in superflex now Obviously, if you're number one, you probably have a problem at the quarterback position. So I understand that. I would try to trade a piece for a, like a Derek Carr, a, a depressed asset that you might be able to get at a decent value. I cannot give up B. John Robinson at that number one right now. Because even if, let's say, you draft him, by August, you might be able to flip him for a starting quarterback. Like, the, the the ball is going to be rolling, barring an injury, but that can happen to anyone at any time. His value is only going to go up from our discussion right now to, the, to August. And I'm telling you right now, when I do magazine drafts, and I do, like, expert, and I use that term loosely. No, like you're an expert. May, you, use it. you don't have to use it loosely. Well, I will have Bijan in my first round. He will so be I, a top I, 12 pick. I think that's kind of the way it's going. Um, and then you start projecting the teams at the top. Even if Bryce Young lands pretty well, it's hard for me to see him, you know, in the situation where he's going to overtake Bijan. Bijan's just such a sure thing. If you just look at the running backs that, that John listed, where he'll have Bijan up against, you're talking about multiple 20 point per game seasons in fantasy football. 
that's the kind of potential Bijan has. He's got potential to be RB and RB1, you know, a top five RB, RB out the gate if he lands okay. We've had some of the best high stakes players uh, in the world on in the GOAT district. And I've had a number of them say that they think Bijan's going to end up being in the first round of redraft next year, just based on what happened with Saquon, what happened with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Brees Hall was in kind of a different situation. Uh, but it, it's it seems like that's the that's the way it's going. Um, so basically, if we take Superflex out of the equation now, let's go to just a regular PPR league. Yeah. How how big of a tier break is it down to the 102? It is big because I have a wide receiver that I like a lot, and I I look around. I'm a little bullish on him compared to others. So I'll just tell you. I'm not going to give you the name yet. We'll talk yeah. about it later. But he's in the same bucket as Jerry, Judy, Stephon Diggs, and Garrett Wilson. And But I don't think everyone's going to love him as much as I do. But I'm absolutely in love. I have lots of Garrett Wilson. He was my number one last year. Look at what he did. And I had reservations about the Jets. You know, like, oh, my God, my favorite wide receiver went to the Jets. What am I going to do? Hey, he was on. Dude, if they get a, a rational quarterback who can throw the football in New York, Garrett Wilson was so wide open in New York this year. And he, what do you have? Four different quarterbacks throwing him the ball. Garrett Wilson was was unbelievable this year. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, and within okay, I'll be nice. Poor quarterback play. He was unbelievable. So for you, just from a general dynasty, because you play dynasty, you play you play fantasy. You know, you know the trade wins. One of the problems with with Bijan that we're seeing and in, in already in some dynasty leagues is the 101 has kind of been priced out for a lot of people. Yeah. So you get you get into a league with with 12 managers where maybe four or five of them are just like I'm out. I'm not paying some huge package to get that 101. How aggressive would you be to move up from the 102 to get to the 101? Um, like, are you talking about adding on a uh, another very good player, adding on a first, like? Are you trading your 2024 first blindly, not knowing where it's going to be, and the 102 for a chance to get Bijan Robinson in a non-superflex? Can I tell? I give you an example of what I'd like to do. I don't think I'm I'm working on this. Switch two and George Pickens. Let's say you have George Pickens, and offer Pickens in the number two for Bijan. That's my opening offer. I could fluff it up with a fourth round or a third round. But that's what I would consider to be. A, I'm giving them a young, up-and-coming receiver. They are going to get the second pick in the draft. I'm going to get Bijan. So I think something like that seems reasonable to me. So we have we have Dan Williamson in here. Uh, Hello, Dan. Dan's back. Hey, John. How are you? Sorry I'm, I'm late. good. How are you, my friend? Good, no, good. Good to, good to have you, Dan. Good to have you on. Um, we're, we're in the middle of talking a little bit of Bijan Robinson in terms of the 101 versus the 102 in terms of a tier break. Um, just, John, I, I did a trade this week where we've already talked about some of these, you know, the 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 RB2s and how unsafe it is right now with, you know, all these guys that are free agents and then all these guys that are get drafted. So I actually moved the 104 in an FFPC Dynasty League with James Cook, who I'm a big fan of and I know you like a lot, yeah, and yeah. also Damian Pierce. I traded the four, Pierce, and Cook to get the 101. And this is an FFPC league, so it's a 20-man dynasty, not super deep, where I think that it makes more sense. So I'm overpaying 
off the top for Bijan. Um, and I don't think it's that big of an overpay. Though I think you offered a fair deal. I mean, the 104, depending, I, I would assume that's a super flex, right? No, no, not, oh. not super flex. Yeah, right okay. away. There's still going to be, I mean, there are, let's take the quarterbacks out because I would not draft the quarterback in the top four of a non super flex. No way. Um, the value is not there. There will be a good player at 104, but you're giving them Pierce and James Cook. I like that. I think that's a more than fair. I think that's a good offer for both sides, Mike. That's a win-win. That's what you're supposed to try to do in Dynasty. Milkshakes can be shared, right? Right, Dan? And, yeah. And Dan <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah I, just, uh, I, I just sent a 104 and 108 um, for the 101 and, and, and was rejected on that. Um, no counter? I'm, no no counter. Just he's, he said, we're, we're locked in on Bijan. Now, there is, I will say this. There are clearly going to be people, just like Saquon Barkley, you guys probably remember this. There's no way they're giving up the 101. Right. It's going. It's just going to happen that we're not giving up this player at this value. But I do think there are people willing to, because look, we've all seen running backs could blow their knees out, right? There will be people who are willing to take two, three very good pieces for one great back. And I think the value now is in the trade because before you know the landing spot, let's just say he gets a bad landing spot, right? I, so I think you can get a value now. It, once once he's somewhere, then I think it even goes higher. I think it's an interesting thing to kind of touch on is landing spot. Like, John, when you get to these uber-talented guys like a Bijan Robinson, and even like we saw last year with Brees Hall and Ken Walker to an extent, where we got people get a little too worked up about the running backs that are around them, or do you think that's that's an appropriate thing to do? Like, you know, Michael Carter depressed Brees Hall's value in redraft. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ken Walker, you know, obviously Penny was playing well and had the injury, and he was fortunate to do so. Um, but the the usage was increasing in Seattle. Like, do you think people should worry at all if Bijan lands in a situation where he's next to, like, a running back who we view as an RB2? So, you know, that's a great question because I told you earlier, I had tons of brief Brees Hall. I never am afraid of any player on a roster when an alpha running back goes there. I don't care. I took I don't have any Michael Carter. I didn't draft one Michael Carter in PPR. I was like, I'm Brees Hall. Brees Hall is the man. I'm not going to worry about Michael Carter. Uh, you know, he, he shared the backfield at North Carolina. He's undersized. He's a PP. Nice piece. You need players like Michael Carter on your football team. But we all saw that last long touchdown run by Beast Hall against Denver before the injury. Man, Michael oh, Carter could never do that. Out. Such a right? sad way to go out. It was like an 85-yard touchdown run. Yep. And it was a thing of beauty because you saw his vision, his patience, and then you saw the explosion. And remember that catch he had that he was tackled at the, like, the one-yard line. You know, like it was like another like a 75-yard reception. That close to the – you saw – he showed you everything in what is it, six games? Everything that I saw at Iowa State. And Dan, do you so like we've seen this many times over the years with these guys where you know the landing spot is not quite perfect and people kind of talk themselves down. Are you betting on draft capital and profile? And 
are you or do you still get scared off with landing spots? I mean, we saw like an example this year would be Garrett Wilson. You know, people la- he landed there, and we, you know, Elijah Moore is there, and it's hard to kind of see the alpha happening right away, but it happened right away. So, how are you approaching it this year, Dan? Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely big on just you know, pay attention to the talent, spend a little less time worrying about the landing spot. You know, because so many times it just doesn't matter. You know, A.J. Brown a couple of years ago, yes. uh, yeah. you know, going to the Titans. And, you know, what everybody kind of got scared off. He dropped to the bot, bottom half of the uh, first round. And anybody who was scooping him up there just absolutely made out like a bandit. So, uh, yeah, you know, like if you're talking about a player who's not very, not as talented, you know, where there's definite question marks and then they go to a bad spot. That that might push him down for me a little bit, but uh, a, a player who's clearly one of the most talented in the class, I'm definitely just I don't even care. That was a good year for end of the first round picks. You got DK Metcalf and AJ yes. Brown. <laughs> you did. We were scared off by Doug Baldwin a little bit with the DK yeah. situation. That that didn't last too long. Um, John, want to keep it going? We have a lot of people tuning in uh, who play FFPC. Dan and I both play FFPC, uh, and FFPC Dynasty leagues you have the tight end premium. So one guy that I'm really excited about is, is Michael Mayer from, from Notre Dame. It sounds like he's almost a lock to go in the first round at this point, and he could project to go pretty highly. How, how excited are you about him? And maybe how would you compare him to a few of the previous classes, you know, elite tight ends that you went on over on the Goat Dress Circuit? I'll just throw out kind of where would you put him in the hierarchy of Pat Fryermuth, Kyle Pitts, Trey McBride, Cole Komet, and any other tight end, you know, any other tight end you want to throw in from last year, where would you put um, Mayer? The only prospect, let's, I I was thinking about this because this is a great question, gave me advance, so I look back. The only prospect who I have a higher grade right now would be Kyle Pitts because of the uber athleticism. We still, now he, unfortunately, he's landed in a terrible spot, just not working. And he's hurting me on some dynasty team. So I took the bait. He was just so good at Florida, so talented. The athleticism was off the charts. All the other players, Michael Myers, film and production is leaps and bounds above the players that you just mentioned. However, Friar Muth, when he went to the combine and Penn State sneaky, with these athletes, when they go to these, they, they got someone coaching them up. Someone's doing right because the Penn State athletes blow the combine out of the water. So Friar Muth went to the combine like, okay, he's number two. He's just too athletically gifted, kind of like Jacecki, right? Jacecki just blew up athletically. Um, but I'm a little concerned that Michael Meyer, is he a little lumbering? I've got to see the either the three-cone drill. I want to see his feet move quickly or the 40. I'll take either or. Just do one. I'll even take the 20-yard shuttle, but I'd rather, have for the, I'd rather see the three-cone drill for a, a guy who's in tight at the line of scrimmage. <clears throat> now, NFL-wise, they're going to love him because he's a shutdown blocker. I mean, it, period. You could theoretically put him on Mika Parsons, and he could block. I'm not saying he's going to win all the time, but he could block a Mika Parsons. And that value in the running game is going to push Michael Myers way up. The question is, athletically, does he have the ceiling of a Zach Ertz? And I need to see those numbers 
before I can project that ceiling. Now, Dan, you when you hear a guy that that is going to be, I think some people hear the word, you know, he's an elite blocker and might that might worry them from a fantasy perspective, but it means he's on the field all the time. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that kind of how your takeaway, Dan, and looking at these elite tight ends? Yeah, I mean, basically what you what you want to see is it, it doesn't really matter if they're blockers or not on the running game because if it's a running play, it's a running play. Uh, you know, so it's, it's like it doesn't even matter. What you want to see is every time he's got an opportunity to be out in a route, is he? Uh, you know, if and, he is, then that's great. And I'll uh, tell you why I like the blockers. They're usually in the red zone packages. Yes. And yeah. I will take, I'll take that hope that they get those short touchdowns. And if you watch Michael Myers, he is a problem in the end zone. <laughs> I mean, he is a serious problem one-on-one with small defensive backs or linebackers who aren't as physical. So at least you might get, you know, you might not be on there, but when they get in tight, because you can still run block with them and you can play you can play action with him, RPOs with him. So I like the fact I could see a distinct package early, goal line run blocking work, and then work in the patterns down the road. Now, where would you – now, I know you're going to reveal your top 12 for later in the show, um, but in terms of FFPC, like a tight end premium league, where would you put – let's say he goes 15, like somewhere in that 15 to 20 range. He's a he's a charger or he's a packer. He's some landing spot that we're, yeah, yeah. we're not grossed out by. We've <laughs> seen TJ Hawkinson. We've seen Noah Fant. We've seen Kyle Pitts, obviously, all be first-round picks in in tight end premium. Dan, am I missing anybody that was a first-round pick in tight end premium of, like, the most recent drafts? I know Fryermuth we got in the second round. Uh, Trey McBride kind of lived in that second round, early third. Um, Is there anybody I'm I'm leaving off? Uh, Hawkinson, Fant. uh, right? Yeah. Ebron. Maybe Ebron's older, right? Yeah. Najoku, uh, we had we had the triple threat back in 2017. Oh no, the, the OJ Howard, David, and Joku. Yes, and yes, Ingram. yes. Yep, that's oh. the one. Yeah, the triple threat. The triple and, threat. and and one of them was good right out of the box. Yeah, one of them was terrible the entire time, and one of them, uh, well, you know, if you're an Njoku investor, you're starting to see glimmers. Yes, you're never you're never wrong, Dan. You just have to wait long enough. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and. So I knew Geno Smith was good. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> so we had like Hawkinson. Hawkinson was like, you know, let's call him a top six pick in FFPC leagues. Pitts was a top two, two or three pick in FFPC. Noah Fant, let's call him. He was going around nine, if I correct, yeah. nine or ten. Yeah. Um, but but was a pretty much a lock first round for tight end premium. Where would you take take uh, Michael Meyer? If you were drafting in a tight end premium league, would you, he make your top ten? I, I would have him feel comfortable at nine, okay. nine to twelve. Now, obviously, let's say I have Hawkinson and some other, you know, let's say I got Isaiah Likely. Luckily, you know, I grabbed him in round five last year. Probably not, but if I need a tight end, if I had Zach Ertz and let's say Trey McBride, let's say you did that, then I would t- and I made the playoffs. I was a good team. But I, I didn't win it. I would take Michael Meyer there, number eight, nine, eight. I think that's that's a huge valuable takeaway tonight. Um, you know, I think that just the fact that that you're already having him at eight 
And I think that there's a potential if you love the landing spot, maybe he could bump up a little bit. I mean, what about the Giants? Because I know people are going to say they need a receiver. I'll tell you this. I'll get a receiver in the second, third round. I think with Daniel Jones, Michael Meyer with that running game, because he can run block immediately. With I'm a believer in Dable, the coach. I think he'd be nasty with the Giants, my friends. I would love to see that too. Um, <laughs> I have some Saquon cheers that definitely like to see. Oh that. my God, yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, they definitely need they definitely need somebody. They could use them this weekend in in building. <laughs> um, but wanted to wanted to quickly be, just to get off subject. Um, we all watched the the national championship game the other night. Brock Bowers looks like he could be one of the a generational tight end prospect. What are your early thoughts on Bowers, John? You think he could be? like one of your high, highest graded guys or not too deep into him yet? So Bowers is a complex analysis for me because I don't think he's a great inline blocker, but he's so uberly talented as a route runner and athletically gifted once he has the ball in his hands. I don't know if he's going to grade out as high as Kyle Pitts, but I think the NFL is going to love Brock Bowers. The athleticism might be really high, and the film is incredible. When he's healthy and George is humming, he is unbelievable. Now, I wonder, because he's a little undersized, I think he's 235 if my old man memory serves me. He's not Michael Meyer big, but he's such a better athlete. So he might be more Evan Ingram-ish, Kyle Pitts-ish, that he's not your classic inline blocker. Yeah, we John, don't want to get too Debbie-ish, but I was excited to, to ask about him tonight. John, I, I, he's been so good on tape. But let me ask you, as, as you were describing him, uh, you know, the, the name that came to my mind was Mike Gusecki. How do you think he comps to Gusecki? Oh, he's better on film than Gusecki. Better There's on the, film, okay. In my opinion, I mean, I like Gusecki at Penn State. I thought he yep. was interesting. But Brock Bowers is a better route runner. Brock, I think he's better deep down the field. He also, you can run the jet sweeps with them. You can you can put the short, you know, the screen passes. He is a really talented, unique player. I think he might have to be on a team that uses two tight ends sometimes. Because if you're going to put him in for run blocking, he could present problems. But, you know, what is that? Maybe five plays a game, I guess. So he'd be great in a two tight end system. Yeah, he's he might be a guy that goes in the top ten of the NFL draft too, just based on oh, the match absolutely. Match. So, I would yeah. not be surprised if a team falls in love with him because you're just going to look at the athleticism if he tests out like he looks on film, and they're going to be like, okay, he's just too good. I'd love to draft him this year, but <laughs> why don't you break down the rest of this year's tight end class? I know that there's a certain Utah Ute and a South Dakota State Jackrabbit that you're excited about, John. So, one, if you haven't watched, and I'm a big Utes fan because I just love how they play football. They smash mouth. They get in your face. Well-coached, smart team. Um, they're not, you know, top. They're always around that top ten lately. Dalton Kincaid, he's almost the same size as Michael Myers. 6'4", 242. Same, well, they're listed. I'm going off the, so we don't know yet till the combine. I'm going off their website pages. Anytime I give you height and weight, it, it's the slant of the university. He's only seven pounds lighter. He's not the inline blocker. I don't think he's as dominant physically as Michael Meyer, but he might be a little more gifted athletically. 
So I think I think he's your classic. Give him three years to grow. He needs like McBride in some ways. Let him get into an offense. Let him learn the system. Let him develop because I think Kincaid could be a very, very good player. He's my number two. My number three, you, you mentioned it. It's Tucker Craft and my friends, South Dakota State. I watched the two playoff games, the semifinal and the championship game because I had heard about Tucker Craft. I'm going, I don't watch FCS football. So when it's on late in the year, same thing with Carson Wentz. Same thing. Who was the running back last year who the Patriots drafted? He was on oh, South Dakota. Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong. Yeah, Strong. I watched him. So when I hear about these FCS players who are getting real serious, I watch, I go out of my way in the playoffs. Tucker Kraft has a little Dallas Goddard in him. I think Goddard was a better prospect. He's 6'5", 255. He's listed bigger than Kincaid and Meyer. I think he's a better downfield pass catcher than either of the other two deep. I think Kincaid or Tuck Kraft, sorry, Kraft can get open 25 yards down the field. I don't think he's as good as inline blocker. I don't think he's dealt with any, you know, you're compared to the, you're, you're comparing Notre Dame schedule, Utah schedule against South Dakota State. Has he seen defensive ends and defense and safeties that big, that strong yet? But I love him on film. I think he's – I got a, a third-round grade. A desperate team might reach up into the second. But I like Tucker Craft a ton. He's definitely worthy of the praise from what I've seen. Sam Laporta, Iowa. Let's give him the Iowa bump. You look at the, the tight ends who've come out of Iowa. 6'4", 249. He's listed at the exact same size as Meyer. You know he's a decent blocker coming from the Hawkeyes. 153 career receptions, my friends. That's a pretty meaty number. Especially this for is Iowa. Iowa. Here's yeah. what's even better. We all made fun of Iowa as one of the worst offenses in the history of the game, at least for like the first eight weeks. They actually played a little bit better later your in the South, season. Your South, Dakota, your South Dakota Jackrabbits had like a 9-6 game with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was unbelievable. And here, but he had 32% of the team aerial dominator as a tight end at Iowa, where you only literally had to shut down one guy, and that was Sam Laporta. So he's a very fascinating player. Now, people are higher on this young man than I am, and I'm willing to change my mind if the athleticism is off the charts. Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia. I get it. Brock, it's hard to get on the field with Brock Bowers. I mean, it just it just is. And they have so many backs, and they have pass-catching backs, so he didn't get a lot of playing time. He only had 45 receptions in three years. But he did average 17 yards a catch. He didn't come close to Team Aerial Dominator. And he's 6'7", though, 265. Can't coach size. Washington's going to go in the third round, maybe second of the NFL. I'm not as sold on him because I haven't seen. You know what it is? It's three years of promise. I've had Georgia people, draft people, everyone talk. Washington, Washington, the young man out of Georgia. I watch, I watch, I watch. Hey, he could go on blow up the combine. Then I'll put him at fourth or third. But he's an interesting. And the last one, Luke Musgrave. That's, that's as deep as I go with Oregon State. 
Not a great prospect, but I do think there's upside 6'6", 252. After that, you're looking at a lot of run blockers, backup guys, if that makes sense. No, that's great. Um, wanted to kind of move it along here. It was awesome tight, talking tight ends, but a quick a – quick, we talked a little bit in the pregame about the Senior Bowl and about how, you know, last year – I believe you came on after the Senior Bowl last year, but we, we had some guests on pre-Senior Bowl and right after the Senior Bowl – you know, we saw guys like Christian Watson and Greg Dulcich really improve their stock at the Senior Bowl. People talk, you know, we'll, we will all tune in for the Senior Bowl game, uh, at least for a little bit. But it's the practice leading up to it where all the scouts are there being coached up. Um, what guys should we pencil in as the GOAT District listeners and, the, and us, Dan and I, to keep an eye on in terms of guys who could potentially raise their stock and their profile this week in or not this week? but in Alabama for the Senior Bowl at the beginning of February. We're going to give you two running backs, two wide receivers. Chase Brown, Illinois. 5'10", 205. So he, as long as he hits that barrier, I need him to be 200. I, I'm a sizist. I'm sorry. I like my – now, there are outliers under 200, and I get it. But as long as he hits that 200, he's got everything in my model. He's got 40% of the Illini scrimmage yards – He's got 58 career receptions, 5.3 yards of carry. Chase Brown, 5'11", 205. I like that size. He is tough between the tackles, and I'm going to tell you why I like him. Everyone's going to tell you Kenny McIntosh is the best pass catcher in this class, and, and you can make an argument. I think Chase Brown's as good as Kenny McIntosh as a pass catcher, and here's why. Watch some tape, and here's where – Statistics can lie. Chase Brown catches passes 30 yards down the field on out routes for Illinois. From Name the Illinois quarterback, people. This is a Brett Belima offense. I didn't even know he could run the running back on a wheel route. I didn't know if he knew what a wheel route was. And Chase Brown is catching balls 30 yards down the field. Chase Brown is, is a guaranteed pass catching back at worst at the NFL level. Absolutely love him. The tape is spectacular. Combine is going to matter, but I do love him as a runner. And the other thing, he runs between tackles. You don't get the job for Brett Belima if you can't run in between the tackles, especially in the Big Ten. So I've always discussed this. I grade a running back inside out. Inside out. I've got to see him run between tackles at the NFL level. And then you then let's see what they do on the outside. Because I, in general, I mean, how many running backs make a living who can't run between the tackles in the NFL? If you can't do that, you're not going to be on the field all day long. Now, yes, you can get the big home run. Maybe you're a good pass catcher. But you're not going to be on the field for the dominant alpha male. Number two, Rashawn Johnson, Texas. I think he's going to blow up athletically. He was a quarterback in high school. I believe he was a four-star prospect. Goes to Texas. Freshman year, he switches the running back. He's their best running back as a freshman, as a true freshman. And then Bijan Robinson shows up on campus. What are you going to do, right? Roshan doesn't leave, my friends. You know what I love? I know it's narrative. He stayed with the Longhorns. 
Someone last year with NIL could have walked up to Roshan Johnson and said, young man, you're not going to get 200 carries at Texas. I'll give you 250 carries right now if you come to my school. And he didn't. He had 56 career receptions. Here's what I love. He's 6'2", 222. He's an athletic Derrick Henry. He might not be as powerful and as determined as Derrick Henry, but there is Derrick Henry similarities. He's a three-down back, and I'm telling you, the NFL is going to love Roshan Johnson. And he might blow out the combine athletically. Like, he's the type of guy who might go out there at 222. He might run a 2-4 or a a 4-4-4 or a 4-3-9. If he does that at 220, forget about it. But I love Roshan Johnson. So those are two guys, Ben, on the receiver side. I don't want to get too much, but be careful with group of five players. And I'm a big fan of group of five football. I love all of college football. But the odds of making it at wide receiver from group of five, I did the numbers very slim. Only about 20% of the top 36 receivers each year in the NFL. For the last three, I should say. I got the stats. About 20% are from the group of five. Devontae Adams skews it a little bit too. <laughs> and Tyreek Hill? Yeah. That, they have six. There's only been, let me, 20 seasons in the last. So that's 108 seasons. Only 20 are from group of five. And six of them are from Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. So that even skews this, unfortunately, skews the statistics worse. But I'm going to give you one anyways. If I'm betting on one group of five, so I'm talking third round of dynasty drafts. I don't want to overpay. And if he gets third round draft capital, Rasheed Rice of SMU. Couple things. He's got NFL size. He's 6'2", 203. He's been on the field since a freshman. So you have early production. And I think he averaged like over 17 yards as a freshman. But they had a a deep depth chart, and he was able to take advantage of mismatches. But the key point was he was on the field. 233 career receptions, 35% aerial dominator rating this year. Absolutely love Rasheed Rice. I've got to see him in those matchups one-on-one against the top corners. Number two. Now, NIL is going to change everything with this group of five and power five, because it's not going to be so black and white. And I I say this, Puka Nakal was a four-star recruit. He went to Washington over USC, which is fascinating, because we see what USC does at the wide receiver position. He didn't get on the field. Transferred to BYU. Unbelievable the last two seasons at BYU. Puka Nakal. 62205. And I, I I don't like to use hyperbole. He's got a little Debo Samuel in him. He's not as physical. He's not as strong. He carried the ball for 25 times this year for BYU, had five touchdowns. And he's really good with the ball in his hands. 107 career receptions because he didn't play the first two years at Washington. Look at the last two years. But Puka Nakao has NFL size, and so does Rasheed Rice. They're both impressive on film. Let's see what they do with the Senior Bowl. 
Love it. Love it. Those are definitely names that we should be penciling down. And I, I'm, I'm actually, I am taking notes tonight when John talks. Um, so you guys can't see it, but I've, I've been writing this stuff down as well. Um, last year you came on the show, you had Kenny Pickett as your quarterback one. Uh, this year you see some projections today, this week for the NFL draft where, you know, we see four quarterbacks going in the, in the first round. So as some four quarterbacks in the top 15, you seem a little bit apprehensive about that projection, John. My model, and I haven't broken, I still need to do more studying, so let me just say that. But my model only has two first-round picks, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I would be scared out of my mind to take anyone else in the first round. There are massive holes in the Will Levis profile. Watch the film, folks. <laughs> the film is bad. Film is bad, folks. And Anthony Richardson. I have real concerns about him also. I think if they went to the top of the second round or went late, late first to a good team, but the problem is the good teams have quarterbacks, these two players remind me of Jordan Love coming out of um, – Utah State wasn't in love with him. They remind me of, um, of Malik Willis. Not skill, I'm not talking skills. I'm just saying, like, in my model, my model did not like Malik Willis. They're in that. My model did not like Christian Leitner. No, not Leitner. Um, who was the Come Penn on, State quarterback? That's the basketball. Who was the ten, Penn State quarterback? Hackenberg. Oh, Christian Hackenberg. Hackenberg, yeah. And he got drafted out of Dak Prescott. Just think about that for a second. That's a whole nother story. Um, my model has major concerns about Will Levitz and Anthony Richardson. But do you want to talk about Young and Stroud first? Well, you can take it as, as much as you want here. Okay. Um, basically, my question to you was, like, it seems like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are clearly your, your top two. Oh, yeah. Without question. We're, and and I, I like both of them. Um, you know, from what I've seen, I like them both. But I'm curious how you would compare them to some of the previous quarterbacks we've seen go in the in the, in the early parts of the draft. You know, I, I put on the show sheet, obviously, uh, Trevor Lawrence, who was pretty Teflon, Justin Fields, last year, Kenny Pickett. You know, you throw Mac Jones in there. I know you weren't a Zach Wilson guy. Throw Mac Jones in there if you want. Some of the recent quarterbacks, where would you put Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and you could go further back than than I listed if you want to go with the, the you know, the Jalen Hurts to a to a class, Justin Herbert, all those guys. You can throw them all in there if you want. So I'll do because I it's all on record from 2014 to 222, because those are all I, all the profiles are on Football Diehards and everything I said is there. So I don't want I can't go back to Andrew Luck. I loved him. All right, no. Robert Griffin. You know, it's not fair. Yeah, and I just they weren't. I don't have records of me liking them. Here's the top five of the last nine years. Deshaun Watson is number one in my book. Now, you know, Trevor Lawrence is two. Patrick Mahomes is three. Baker Mayfield was four. And Joe Burrow was five. Now, that's just based on model and film study. Only one of them has really been a mess, Baker Mayfield. And, hey, he did start and at times, and he was the number one pick. It's not like I wasn't, I was the only guy who liked Baker Mayfield. So I can't complain. The guys in my model identified that I've got too much of dynasty in, J. 
Jalen Hurts, and Dak Prescott. They were number 12 and 13 of the last um, nine years. The guy I missed on, and I got to be honest there, I'm not, no one's perfect, is Josh Allen. My model did not like Josh Allen at Buffalo. You look at the numbers, what he did at Wyoming. Yes, I saw athletic ability, but the numbers were really bad coming out of Buffalo. My model, I had a first-round grade, but my model said don't take him. My model had questions. Now, the Buffalo staff and organization has done everything right around that young man. I mean, think about the difference between Zach Wilson and Josh Allen. I'm not talking talent. The people around – actually, the Jets aren't even that bad, so that makes Wilson worse. Um but, you know, it's, he's really becoming an all-time bust right now. But I, I'm pretty strong. So, going back, Bryce Young and um, C.J. Stroud. At the bottom of my model is Jared Goff. I'm not sure if they're as good as Jared Goff. Wow. I've got, I like Jared Goff coming out of Cal. And you know what? For all the naysayers, the Rams were the worst team in the league, got them to a Super Bowl, and the Lions are competitive. Jared yeah. Goff is a good NFL quarterback. He's had multiple top 15 seasons. Yeah. He's had a top five season. And look so at him now compared to Carson Wentz. I mean, it's not even in the same ballpark. Yeah. But you would say, you know, how excited should people be about Bryce, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud? So I have, I'll tell you the concerns because I love the film. And the production model likes they both hit. And you'll see the benchmarks on football diehards. I don't want to go through all that, but you can check out the data later. They both hit four of six benchmarks in my model. So Trevor Lawrence, let me go back. He hit five of six benchmarks. Deshaun Watson hit six of six benchmarks. So they're good. They're, they're very good. Now, each of them has a hole. And this is why... They don't hit the benchmark. C.J. Stroud has not shown us until the final game against Georgia, which is bizarre, that he has running ability. I knew he was athletic. There's no question he could avoid pass rushers in the pocket. But he showed us with Georgia in that game that he can actually gain yards, you know, like 50 yards. We all love that in fantasy, right, that 40-yard rushing floor. I don't think he could score double-digit touchdowns. We've never seen it, right? Maybe he can. But there's a physical punishment that you have to be willing. Like, look how much Josh Allen takes. I'm worried he's going to have Cam Newton injury soon, but knock on wood. I mean, he's taking that type of physical punishment that Cam Newton did. Now, he's a huge man, and he takes it. But eventually, just like Cam, the luck ran out on you, right? So that hurts Stroud from a fantasy upper ceiling aspect. And I've got to be honest, has any of these Ohio State guys really come into the NFL? I have my question marks about this Ryan Day offense transitioning to the NFL. Have we really loved? Now, I happen to think C.J. Stroud is the best of them. But is anyone telling me that we've seen that transition from Ohio State to the NFL that successful? So there's a question mark there. Bryce Young, my friends, how big is he? He's, he's 5'11". He's not 6'0". That's what he's listed at. He's, he's not 6'0". Yeah. He's probably 5'11". Is he 194? 
what if he shows up at 190? That that is small for an look at Tua. Tua can't physically take it. There is a physical demand of playing the quarterback position. So that's one of the <clears throat> things that bothers me with Bryce Young. So both of these players, because if I'm going to give them in that Trevor Lawrence, right, Patrick Mahomes coming, and Texas Tech, there was questions about the scheme, right? But the physical and off the, the arm strength was off the charts. He also landed with the best coach. Andy Reid was just perfect for him. But that's that's a whole other story. What happened, though, can Bryce Young take the NFL punishment? Yes. I think, PJ, I love your comment. Is he the Devonta Smith of the quarterbacks? The only problem is Devonta Smith has this innate ability. He's so slippery and so elusive. He doesn't take a lot of hits. Have you ever seen Devonta Smith get blown up? You don't see it. He's so good. And, I mean, that is such a skill to avoid the big hit. And Devontae's just special. I mean, we have to start saying Devonta Smith is a special talent. I mean, he's, he's an ultimate outlier. And I had him at number two coming out of that draft. I mean, because but he was undersized. Could Brees Young do that? Yes. Now, my fear, what if he ends up with the use of text? Undersized quarterback on a terrible organization. There's just a lot with no other than Damian Pierce. So I don't think he's an elite. He's a good running back. I like him, but he's not Bijan Saquon. What happens to Bryce Young in that scenario? That really worries me. Dan, you want Dan, you want him with like Indianapolis, right? Oh. Something like a stable organization with yeah. good weapons and right. And you can hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor year one at least. Yeah. And, and you want a good offensive line in front of him, without a doubt. Yes, yes. And he has Michael Pitt. Yes. Indianapolis is so much better from a fantasy perspective than Texas, than the Texans. Interesting. So just give it, why don't you give us your quarterback rankings? Yep. And go as deep as you want. All right. Bryce Young and Stroud, one and two. I could switch them, though. I'm still very open watching more tape. Right now, I don't like this. My model says, John, you're out of your mind. But the NFL loves him, and he might get 15-round draft capital. But I have Anthony Richardson at number three. Here's the red flags. Serious red flags. Only 19 games played. That's, that's bad. That's bad, folks. His passing efficiency? I'm looking at 155 at baseline. So career, Bryce Young, 165. C.J. Stroud, 182. You want to know what Anthony Richardson is? 133. Like, it's really bad. Let me just see. Like, let's look at last year's um, Malik Willis, 152. He's, he's, he's so low. That worries me. Yards per attempt, 7.9. That's bad. And this is worse. Completion percentage, under 55%. His touchdown-interception ratio, <coughs> only 24 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. I'm looking at a 3-to-1 ratio. He's like he's like 1.5-to-1. That's bad. Yes, the rushing's off the charts. The athleticism is off the charts. The, the arm strength is off the charts. I get it. 
But you are definitely banking on a Josh Allen. I'm not saying he's just, but you are banking completely on projection of hitting his highest athletic ceiling. And I do believe Josh Allen had more starts than Anthony Richardson. I have to go off the top of my head. I think he was closer to 30 games played. I like to see 30 games played. Go ahead. You had a question, it looks like. No, QB, QB4. Keep it going. All right. 11 slide in. You're going to think I'm crazy. Don't do Hen- it, John. Hendon Hooker. <laughs> I'm going to have, you know what? I'm going to have tons of Hendon Hooker. He had six of six of my benchmarks. Every, you know what's ironic here? Hendon Hooker is everything that the NFL wants Anthony Richardson to be. Literally everything. He hit six of six benchmarks. He's like only the fourth quarterback in 10 years in my model to hit six of six. Completion percentage. Yards per attempt. You know what his yards per attempt is? 9.5. And he's older, John, correct? He is. But you know what? Kenny Pickett was older. How can you tell me you love Pickett and never say a word about his age and you hate Hooker, but they're about the same exact age? No one in the GOAT district is going to admit to hating Hooker. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I love Hendon Hooker. You're going to get him as a fifth-round quarterback, fourth-round quarterback. I'll take him all day. We need to be careful, Theo. Um, I don't want getting out to the wife that we love hookers. There was nothing plural there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I love it. Um, BYU, I like Jaron Hall. That was actually a question in the chat from Uh, 1912 wanted your take on Jaron Hall, so elaborate on him. I love the film. He's much more athletically gifted than people think. He's not Zach Wilson. Forget about what Zach Wilson did. Zach Wilson can run and throw the ball. Jaron Hall, I think, is a third-round draft pick, and I think in the right spot, he could become something down the road. I like, he's 6'1", 205, got that. He has rushing equity. He has completion percentage. He has passing efficiency. He's a good player. He's older also, but he went on a mission. So it depends on how you feel about the BYU players. They tend to be older no matter how you look at it. Now my boy, Will Levis. I, I don't get it, and I've been wrong, and I'll be wrong in the past. Again, that's part of this this analyzing people. There is no way I'm putting Will Levis on my franchise if I'm desperate. Watch the film, man. Against any good SEC team, he was awful. If it wasn't for Wandell Robinson, do you know how bad his numbers would be? His numbers would even be – they'd be plummeting. Wandell Raman saved this man so many statistics. Every time I watched six games of Will Levis this year, never once did I leave that game saying, oh, he's a first-round pick. Never once. Do you go back to his tape from, from last year? or do you? See oh, yeah. yeah. I watched him a lot last did, year. Did you see – did he look better to you? He did, but he had Wendell Raman, so now I'm yeah. even questioning. Wendell's got so many yak yards. And he was always open, and Levis could hit the wide open guy, right? Levis was good, which, look it, you have to have the chutzpah to throw that ball into places that no one wants to throw the ball in. That's the difference between greatness and and mediocrity. I never saw Will Levis do that. I can't. Someone please tweet me, if you have a clip of Will Levis throwing that ball into such a tight NFL tight space, because we know – 
Will Levis likes his guy to be open four yards. Then he'll throw it. He's fine with that. You can get I'm four going, yards. I'm going, I'm going clip hunting tonight, John, because I will say <laughs> of all your ranks tonight, this is going to be the one that stands out. And you, and I love how you know, you're know you putting your foot down and, and for your guys and your rankings. If he goes in the top five in the NFL draft, are you still sticking with it or are you, are you taking a step back and maybe adjusting some things? I would have a dynasty second round grade. Okay. But I, so I will have no Will Levis. I'll just, it's just my model does not like him, says there's value at other positions. Uh, your, your thoughts on Stetson Bennett, who we've seen win back-to-back national championships for Georgia. Great question. He He's better than I thought in my model, believe it or not. But he's also older. I think he's about Endon Hooker's age. He's a which you never hear anyone yeah. say that, but I think he's about the same age, which is interesting. No one ever mentions it with Stetson Bennett. And the first thing I hear about is how old um, Endon Hooker is. But Bennett, my model, likes him. Four out of six. But he's undersized. At Georgia, he's listed at 5'11", 190. If I don't like Bryce Young being 194, how can I like Stetson Bennett being 190? I do think an NFL team (coughs) like Bailey Zappi, the numbers were so impressive last year. And then he had a good senior bowl and and the Patriots liked his arm. I think someone's going to love Stetson Bennett, and he's going to go in the third round. I do think that. I won't have him because I think he's a backup. I think that's. I think he's a career backup. Hey, anything can happen. Maybe he's Brock Purdy lucky, right? Ends up with Shanahan and starts. But I have. I, I just at the right value, everything. But I. I was surprised my model liked him as much as it did. Well, we, we've hit an hour and 10 here, and we got to get to the meat of the show. The, right. the running back the running back class this past year, I know me and you talked about it uh, in the in the pre-show and also at the beginning of the show. Brees Hall gets off to an incredible start. You get Damian Pierce, Rashad White, James Cook, and Ken Walker. We had great success from this, this running back class, and you're very excited about this class as well. Would you take this year's running backs over last year's running backs? I will. There's more depth. There's, let me go through my top 10, then I'll break oh, some yeah, down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go as deep as you want. All yeah. right. Bijan won't mention everything else. Go watch earlier. It, he's great. My number two, and I'm on an island, but I'm on this island, Zach Charbonnet, UCLA. Absolutely love him. I'll come back to him. Jamar Gibbs, three. Devin A. Chain, I have my concerns. The film is excellent, but he is a little undersized. I'm in love with this guy, too. Israel Abaconda, Pittsburgh. He's my number five running back. He's 215, folks. He's 5'11". He has NFL star written all over him. I don't think people are watching the tape. You've got to go watch Israel Abaconda. Number six is Sean Tucker. Uh, Let's see what he weighs at. He's 210. But I I do love... What? I love Tucker. I'm glad you're I do, too. Um... Kenny McIntosh, the NFL is going to like him. Georgia back. He hits he, he all the thresholds. He's probably very athletically gifted at combine. Kenny McIntosh. Number eight, Chase Brown. The aforementioned Chase Brown. Love him a lot. The guy I just put in number eight because he declared, I think, on Monday. Kendra Miller, TCU running back. He's bigger than people think, 6-0-2-0-6. And the guy I'm lower on, and people are drafting him, and I'm not going to have any of them at the price right now. Zach Evans coming out of Mississippi. 
there is a love-hate. Some people absolutely love Zach Evans. <coughs> I have some major questions with Zach Evans. Take Bigsby. He's high up on some people's list, but he doesn't make your, your list. He's number 12. He's number I 12. don't like the film at Auburn at all. Now, he might get the SEC bump, and there could be te- – you know, I know SEC players are going to get overvalued because of the, the competitiveness and the nature of the conference – but I'm not as high on Tank Bigsby as other people. And then the other guy that just kind of jumps out to me that, that some people are very high on that doesn't crack your top ten is Deuce Vaughn. Kansas State running back. It's too small. I Just can't go for him. 75 running back. <laughs> I mean, he's – I love – he is probably in the last three years because he burst on the scene in COVID. And I'll never forget watching him at Kansas State in the very first game. They were on like the 1 o'clock. ESPN, and we were so dying for sports. Deuce Vaughn had a great day. I've loved watching him play football. I just can't go for a 175-pound running back. There there are teacup running backs. He is a teaspoon running back. (laughs) I mean, Dan, we had – Dan, we – I remember, like, last year, we we get started with the rookie shows early in the GOAT district. We were excited about Kyron Williams. Uh, I know a lot of people were excited about Kyron Williams. It kind of the the draft capital and the size – Kind of pushes these guys down, and we shouldn't go falling in love. But Deuce Vaughn was an easy player to like as a as a college player. Oh, yeah. so good, so good. Now I want to talk about Charbonnet. Yeah, go for it. We're excited about that. And just don't don't give away where you're putting him on your your rookie draft list. But this is a guy we should be targeting in rookie drafts. Absolutely, dude. Six one two twenty. He's mm. a gap runner. He's not a zone runner. Have you noticed what the NFL is doing this year, folks? When you go to nickel and dime and you go to four receiver formations or a 31 personnel, one, you know, three receivers, one tight end, you put in the big running back and you run gap and you let that guy hurt the secondary. You let him hurt the small defensive backs. And all he's got to do is miss that one linebacker or, or you get the good block from the guard. You get this big gap runner at 220 – he doesn't have a lot of wiggle. I get it. You're gonna if you're looking for wiggle, that's not Zach Charbonnet. You're looking for a gap runner who has to hit the five hole against the safety. Gone, bro. You hit you hit him on the outside against a nickelback. That guy is not getting up in the afternoon. There are not a lot of people who are going to want to put their life on the line and their family's jewels on the line against Zach Charbonnet in gap. Now, if he goes to his zone, I'm out. But if he ends up, and I think the NFL is going to like Zach Charbonnet, dude, they're going to look at that gap at 6'1", 220, and they're just going to see a monster production. He's The, the Twitterverse doesn't like him, but the NFL is going to look at, look at Hassan Haskins. What did he get, third-round draft capital? He is so much better than Hassan Haskins. Light, light years ahead of Hassan Haskins. 62 touchdowns at at UCLA. Ah, dude, he was everything. He's got 75 career receptions. He averages 5.9 yards a carry. And he had 28% of their scrimmage yards with a rushing quarterback. DTR, Doriel Thompson-Robinson, is a rushing quarterback. To get 28% of your offense with a rushing quarterback? That's impressive, folks. That's impressive. And then, oh, go ahead. 
no, no. I, I think I talk as much as you want about Charbonnet because I, I think that's awesome. You have them so high. Yeah, I just I'm, I've already got I've mocked them twice in the top ten. Like I'm not taking them top six, but once I'm at seven or seven to twelve, I love them. And you might get, look at most mock drafts have them as a second rounder. So if you're at the top of the second round, it's a no brainer. Like just take them. Just man, I would if I had the number one pick. Oh, give me Bijan and Zach Charbonnet, and I I'm fine with that, baby. I'll go from there. So I like Jamar Gibbs, but he's listed at 200. I'm a sizist, and I have some questions between the tackles. He's good, but not great. But he's an uber pass catcher, 101 career receptions, and he's a very good route runner. He, I think he he him Chase Brown and Kenny McIntosh are the three best route runners and pass catchers in this group. You can debate who you like, but that's how good he is. Elaborate on uh, quickly on Sean Tucker, because I, I think that he's a guy where I've seen him, you know, some people think he could be a top five pick in rookie drafts. Some people have him as a second rounder, mid-second, late second. So I feel like there's a, a, a look, he's polarizing right now. What are your thoughts on him? I have a second round dynasty grade, and okay. I like him. He's my number six running back. I don't want to pay top. Like I can, I could see it number eleven, and and if that you need a running back and you're a playoff team, okay. There's no way if I'm a desperate like I need that running back, I'm not touching Sean Tucker when there's too many good wide receivers on the board. And I like Israel Abaconda better. Man, Israel Abaconda, this is mind blowing. I don't understand why they they're not watching football. 5'11", 2'15". 5.6 yards a carry. Tucker's 5.4. His scrimmage yards dominator, Abaconda, was 33%. Tucker has 40. So that is an impressive stat. Abaconda did everything in one year. Tucker did it in three. So you have a little bit more film and a longer period of productivity for Tucker. But I think Abaconda is more explosive. I think he's tougher, and he's a better between-the-tackles runner. The little split to me, I told you I go inside-out. Abraconda is a better between-the-guards runner. That's why I put him ahead of Sean Tucker. Kendra Miller seems to be flying up rankings as well. Um, I know a, a player profiler, he's, he's way up there, and a couple of the other websites have him up there. Your, your thoughts on Miller? He seems like a guy who could rise up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so if we get combine numbers and he looks as athletic as he does on film, I, I could I could easily move him up in the top six. He late bloomer. He real he started to come on late last year. Remember, he backed up Zach Evans at TCU, so he's playing behind Zach Evans on the depth chart. But they rotated last year a lot. This year they were TCU basically gave the ball to Kendra Miller. They didn't rotate backs. So Kendra Miller exploded this year. I have questions as a pass catcher. I don't think he's very good. I think he's he's okay. Like, can he get 25 passes, dump offs? Yes. Is he running wheel routes 25 yards down the field? Is he a difference maker in the passing game? No. But 60206 speed on film. But film can be misleading. I need to see a time, right? Agility burst is all there on tape. And talk a little bit about Zach Evans, because a lot of people have him very highly rated in terms of their running back ranks. 
and you have him down at 10. Um, what are your concerns about him or, or is he just any red flags or? Well, I, one, why has he never been the star of his team? That's, he's never been. I remember like people would argue Jonathan Taylor has too many carries. No, he can be the star of your team. I want a run. I think we would all love Jonathan Taylor on our teams. You don't want to rotate. I understand why teams do. There's only so many Jonathan Taylors. There's only so many Derrick Henrys. I never saw him become the guy. And similar to Will Levison, and I'm an eyeball guy too. I scout first by eyeball. Then I take notes. Then I plug in the production model. I never left the game going, oh, my God, he's a freaking rock star of a running back. Every game, like, ah, yeah, he's good. He's got size, got speed. But there's an ineffable quality. When you watch Saquon, he does things you're just like, how does a human being do that? How does a play, when you watch Bijan, how does a human being make a nine, like, like jump cut four yards and immediately goes upfield and like, and sees the vision of a cutoff? Like, you never leave that with Zach. It's Will Levis to me. The thing is, he came out as that high recruit, right? High, I think he was the number one running back in that high school class. And people just keep, I don't care what he did in high school. I don't care what the 24-7 sport says. What did he do in college? Wasn't impressive. I, I just never felt he was the guy. I love it. Um, I, I think that's that's fantastic. Dan, do you have any, and, any and other ways? Roshan, Roshan Johnson, I have it number 13. But he could explode up with the combine results. Dan and I are already drafting Roshan Johnson. You, you fool. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We're drafting the shit out of him. Um, wanted to wanted to uh, pivot over to wide receiver. Yeah, we've, we've been spoiled. This is multiple years now where we're getting, you know, rookie wide receivers contributing to us in redraft, and obviously dynasty as well. This past year's class, me and you talked about a little bit about how good this year's wide receiver class is. How does this class stack up to the the last few years uh, in terms of quality? I think the top is as good as last year. Awesome, I do. Okay. I think we have at least Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave good. And we had other wide receivers have shown us. Drake London had a nice year. You know, with, considering the quarterback and the scheme, Drake London had a good year. If And, you know, at moments, I mean, I know Traylon Burks was um, disappointing overall, but he had some moments you see the athleticism. You 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 ended up with George Pickens. John Dawson, Christian yes. It was a It was a big, big-time class. Yes. So – I, I tease this, and now I'm going to Jerry Judy, Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson Bucket. Let the drum roll. Jordan Addison. I love what it. are nice. you not seeing? Watch the tape. I, 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 I've given up. I, I love these guys now. I you love, like, you love pit players too, too. Right? <laughs> you you, but but I, I, you know, I'll say Dan and I were we're talking to Anthony Amico. <laughs> From establish the run, and that was his number two in the rookie class. So we we work side by us and go ahead and elaborate. So the one thing that I always found spectacular about Garrett Wilson was his second level separation at Ohio State. Man, he was open by like five yards, 30 yards on the field. You know how hard that is. We saw it with the Jets. He's open three yards at the NFL level. 15, 20 yards down the field. That's incredible. Stephon Diggs, Jerry Judy, 
I, I'm, I'm sold. I, I'm in on this archetype. I remember saying last year, are we going to look back and say it wasn't Kenny Pickett, it was Jordan Addison? Because yep. when I was watching Kenny Pickett, all I remember is every long bomb went to Jordan Addison. Every time you saw a 50-yard pass, it was Jordan Addison. Every time you saw a big play, it was Jordan Addison. He won the Blitnikoff. Now he got injured. I think he missed four games. USC is a different team. They had a running quarterback. So he goes to Caleb Williams. So you're not going to get the uber production. He had very good, but it wasn't Pittsburgh. Like they just fed him the ball. Jordan Addison showed me, though, that he can move schemes and systems. He's a, when the play is off script, he's unbelievable. Like, if the play breaks down, your quarterback's scrambling, just find Jordan Addison, folks. Just find him, because he's going to get open for you. He's a little small, but I don't care anymore. 175 is fine. Devontae, Devontae Smith, we talked about it. Garrett Wilson, um, Stephon Diggs. Oh, I'm okay with it now. I don't care. 175 is fine. His feet are phenomenal. His hands are phenomenal. He's tough as nails. He, he can take a beating. This is incredible. 219 career receptions. 69% catch percentage. 34% aerial dominator. He's, every, I, he's my number one guy. I, I just love Jordan Addison. And then is number two JSN? It is JSN. Okay. I, I can't. Here's the thing. To me, I have a bigger body of excellence from Jordan Addison. More film, more tape, and more diversity of tape. JSN, all of his production came with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave on the field. And I'm not trying to be rude, but you have a pretty good advantage when you have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave out there and you're running in the slot. Now, do I think he can play X and Z? Absolutely. But I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. And how can I do a guy who's dominated college football at two different programs for two years? I, I just think Jordan Addison is the less, his floor's higher. Let me put that. His floor is higher. Pivoting away, where so last year you you had Garrett Wilson as your number one, hmm. okay? And I don't recall your number two. Was it London or Olave? Let me see. It doesn't. I had oh Wilson, Burks, London, Olave. When you're talking about Addison and Jackson Smith and Jigba, yeah. Which how would you put those two guys up against your guys from last year? So are we taking if, if I could give you Garrett Wilson or Jordan Addison, who are you taking? I think I had Gares Will. I think I, I. It's very close, and I'm probably biased because he had such a good rookie season. So, but I'm probably going to take Wilson over Addison, based on what I graded them out as. JSN. I don't think I'd have him over Drake London. I know that might seem silly. I can make the arguments for Alave and Williams. I remember Jamison Williams. Who I still think as upside, but I don't think I could put him over Drake London. I love I love uh, Jackson Smith and, and Jigba. I was tweeting about him today, so um, it'll be interesting to see you know what he runs at in the forty. But his stats yes. are ridiculous. His stats oh, are mean, absolutely ridiculous. If he goes nuts, 
yeah, then obviously maybe I put him over Addison. But based on the model and my film study, I like Addison more. Why don't you keep it going, John, and give us the rest sure. of your wide receiver ranks? Quentin Johnson, third. And I'm, I can move him down. I don't love the film, but the size, 6'4", 193. There's things that I really – he averaged 19 yards a catch. But, man, when you watch TCU, my friends, he would disappear. Like, literally disappear. One like, catch against Georgia. It's it, and, and that wasn't the only time, my friend. Look at his first month last year. It was atrocious. What they did – now, this is why watching film matters. They moved him into the slot about the fifth game of the year. And once they moved him to the slot, he was such a mismatch, which scares me. Because then you had Georgia just put a good corner on him and shut him down. <clears throat> Why could he not win at the Z? Why was he not winning at the X? He wasn't winning until they got him in the slot. And that concerns me. <clears throat> and then there are times where he literally just disappears from the game. You're like... Like, you know, like you want to call the coach. Like, you know, you got Quentin Johnson on the sideline. Like, I, I, like you just go on. I don't get it. So there are some concerns, but the physicality, the size, the speed are there. So he's number three. My guy, I don't know why people aren't talking about him. I'm going to have a lot of Josh Downs. I'm going to have so much do- Josh Downs. Here's what really, I love the film. But here's what cemented it when I put him in my model. These three numbers are off the charts. 78% catch percentage from two different quarterbacks. That's brilliant. From Drake May, who was a first-year starter, and (coughs) Sam Howell, and the kid is catching at a 78% catch rate. That's phenomenal. 40% aerial dominator. He's young. He's like 20 years of age. And here's what is the stickiest stat. Routes run, no, receiving yards per team pass attempt. He's three and a half. Jordan Addison is 2.92. Jackson Smith is 3.25. Josh Downs is three and a half. He's the the biggest. (coughs) Last year, Sky Moore was 3.51 against Matt competition. Traylon Burks, 3.51. That's why I like Burks a lot. 3.51 3.51 against the SEC. Josh Downs is in elite company on receiving yards per team pass attempt. He has three numbers that are just off the charts. And if I like Jordan Addison at 175, how can I not like Josh Downs at 180? He's a superior route runner. He's unbelievable. Watch the film. He's awesome, dudes. He's great. So he's my number four. My number five, and I'm willing to put a flag here too. I'm higher than most. Zay Flowers, Boston College. Love that. Dude, he's he he's got it. He's got it. Um, remember Steve Smith played with that anger and determination. There was like Steve Smith just was going to get the ball for Carolina. Like they just threw it up and it didn't matter. God damn it, I'm catching this ball. Like, I don't care what you do, I'm catching this ball. There's a little Zay Flowers has that, that just toughness. Like, Boston College isn't good at throwing the football. He had a 36% team aerial dominator, 2.44 receiving yards per team pass attempt, 60% catch rate. I love the film. He's a home run hitter, and he's a, he can run the short routes. 
<coughs> my number five. I'm a little con- People are going to love him more than I do. I think the NFL is going to love him even more than Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee. I like him. I'm not in love with him. Late bloomer. What they don't think it's Alabama this year, John. What? He had done a pretty good game against Alabama. Oh, yeah, but okay. So it was interesting because I, I love that game. That was probably one of the top three games of the year. They put a safety on him. And if you know Tennessee's offense, they run on the wide side of the field. You know how the, the hash marks are wider in college? So what Alabama, I don't know why they did this, but they did, and they thought it would work. They always put Hyatt on the wide side of the field, stack them with two or three receivers. And guess who was in one-on-one coverage? A safety. The guy, the guy just could not deal with 4-3-9 speed. And he just get he just kept getting burnt over the top. So I have Hyatt at six. Cedric Tillman, his teammate. I'll take the discount. I love Cedric Tillman, but he got hurt this year. How much is this recency bias? SEC receiver. 6'3, 215, gentlemen. 6'3, 215. He's an X. At worst, he's a Z. He's the guy you can throw out there on one-on-one. Watch the tape from Cedric Tillman two years ago. He got hurt. I think it was week one. Week one or week two, Tillman got hurt. Never really got back into the groove. Cedric Tillman's great. I have him at number seven. Marvin Mims, number eight. The NFL likes him more than I do. Not as imp- I had higher hopes coming out of Oklahoma. He was good at Oklahoma, not great. So he's my number eight. The guy who people love, and I, I I can't see it. There's some red flags in here, folks. Kayshawn Bouti. I have him at number nine. He hasn't played in two and a half years. And if you go back to his freshman year, he put up all his numbers in four or five games. When Terrence Marshall, remember Terrence Marshall and COVID, quit LSU. They took the freshman Kayshawn Bouti and they put him in the lineup. Skyrocketed. Look at the last two years, dudes. It's been a disaster. People have him in the top two. My model doesn't love him. His receiving yards per team pass attempt is the lowest. He's 1.74. My benchmark is two and a half. He's three quarters of a yard under the most important benchmark. I have some real red flags about him. I'm not going to have him right now. Obviously, if he's the first guy off the board and number three overall, okay. I don't see it. I don't see it. And I like Boutte. Boutte, sorry. I liked him, but the model question. Then number 10 is Rasheed Rice, the SMU. He's my only G5 receiver in the top 10. Love it. Yeah, Boutte, you're definitely lower than consensus. And uh <laughs> But yeah, I love I love the words he had to say about downs. Uh, interesting with Quentin Johnson, Dan. We've never seen TCU wide receivers fail off uh, being drafted in the first round, have we? Oh my no, god, no, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> if, I have. If he fails after Rager and Josh Doxson, I think it's like no one's going to draft TCU. Now, right now in, in fairness, I mean TCU is a different program now than it was then. So yes, you know, one hundred percent. You know, I didn't even think about the TCU factor. You're right, Rager and and um, who was Do- I? Dotson. 
document. That's, oh my yeah. god, so he's, got the, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders in yes. terms yeah. of like an entire fan base and and uh but yeah that's interesting. So John, we we've hit an hour thirty-five. You've been extremely generous. We gotta get your your rookie rankings. Combine these players. Go ahead and give us your top twelve. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna go um Bijan one. And did you want super flex or not? But I but Let's take the quarterbacks out since you're not yeah. wild about the okay. quarterbacks, quarterbacks, so we get out. more more of the other guys in. Yeah, then that's fine. Quarterbacks out. It's Bijan, Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jigbo, Zach Charbonnet, and then I'm going to go Gibbs, and then I'm coming back with Quentin Johnson, Josh Downs, Zay Flowers, and then I'm going to go to Devin A. Chain. Michael Meyer, Israel Abaconda, and I'm going to close it out with um, Jalen Hyatt. I think that's 12. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's great. Um, John, why don't you let everybody know uh, where they can find you? Excellent. So all my written, I can't believe I'm so old. This is my 10th year. All of my written profiles will be up with all the numbers I've talked about. They will all be up on football diehards. I, I they come out slowly from like early February till about mid March. I do it by position, but they're all available on footballdiehards.com. This is my tenth year, so it's already my tenth anniversary of doing this for the football diehards. And then all my video information is on YouTube on the Rookie Big Board channel. Just type in Rookie Big Board channel. Matt and I, my partner, you're having on next week. Yeah, Matt, Matt and I, we just did Senior Bowl running backs, Senior Bowl wide receivers, and this weekend we are filming quarterbacks and tight ends. These are only players at the Senior Bowl. Then we come out with at least 40 individual player profiles on rookies over February, March, early April. Yeah, yeah those are fantastic, we, too. We, thank those, you. Those thank videos you. are so good. Yes, right. Um, we can't recommend your work highly enough. Anybody who's listened to this for now an hour and thirty-seven minutes, I mean, you you go deep and and I love I I love how you know you you flag plant this early on, um, and you're willing to be bold with your takes. I think it's awesome. Dan we wanted to get your picks for this weekend uh, before we got John's picks early in the show. Okay. Um. So let's see. We're gonna go. Um. I'm I'm going with San Francisco. I think Dallas will give them a game, but I'm I'm taking I'm taking San Francisco there. Um, Philadelphia, again, I think the Giants can give them a, a pretty good scare, but I think it's going to be Philly. Uh, I'm going with the Bengals over the Bills, and then I'm going to take the Chiefs over the Jags. Love it, love it, and I want to give a shout out to our sponsors uh, at the FFPC. I know we did a lot of playoff challenges, Dan. They have some. Some playoff challenge two coming up here. Yeah, so playoff challenge two. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you only have to pick eight players, so you're you know there's eight teams left. One player from each team. That's all you get. You can't pair up Mahomes and Kelsey. Uh, okay. You can take Mahomes or Kelsey. Uh, you know, so it, it it really forces you to make decisions. Uh, you know, it, and people will approach it in a, a variety of different ways. I mean, you're going to see some people who are out there, uh, you know, kind of hedging around, uh, you know, teams that they had in the, the first playoff challenge. Uh, I expect we're going to see a whole lot of Brock Purdy drafted uh, or taken as uh, quarterback, you know, because hardly anybody took him in the first one. 
you know, so you'll 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 see some people kind of pivoting off what what they did in the uh, in the first version, the first round, and then we'll also see you know people just trying to hop on you know whatever bandwagon they think is the right one. So yeah, it, no, it, I'm, it's I'm... still still really good money you can win these these challenges. There's not as many. Uh, not as many people in them. Uh, there's only four thousand for the um, for the thirty-five dollar version versus sixteen thousand uh, last week in the in the first version, and then only fifteen hundred in the um, in the two hundred dollar version. And so you're you're going up against a lot less people, uh, but you can still win hundred thousand in the two hundred dollar entry, and you can still win twenty-five thousand in the thirty-five dollar entry. So still uh, some really nice prizes out there. Yeah, I gotta get some. I gotta get some playoff contest two entries in. It's a lot of fun. Um, this was great tonight. Um, if you enjoyed this, we're gonna have uh, Matt Hicks, John's partner, is gonna be coming on uh, next week. We also have, you know, if you're a dynasty player, you're not gonna want to miss, you know, Jax Falcone is coming back on the district. Uh, Scott, that Scott Bollinger. Some people go by by Jax Falcone. Either one works, but he is as sharp as it gets. Uh, and we're gonna have some tremendous content getting you ready for your rookie drafts, getting you ready for your dynasty leagues. Um, it's really fun to do these kind of shows, guys. John, thanks for being so generous with your time, uh, and everybody have a great night.